Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. How are you all? I imagine you're sitting there quite calm, relaxed. My heart's going through the roof, but that's okay. <laughs> that's to be expected, isn't it? Okay, well, when Murray first asked me, which was last year sometime, to, if I would be prepared to speak on Sunday in January, I told him that I would have to think about it and pray about it. But um, sorry, Murray, um, I really didn't need to. I could have just said yes on the spot. But I was hoping that God would give me an out and I wouldn't have to. But guess what? Obviously, God didn't give me an out. So here I am today. I, um, I've been praying and asking God, what should I talk about? For weeks and weeks, I got nothing. I'm like, please, Lord, give me something. And But normally, God has this thing with me where he likes to give me information at the last minute. So I'm like, okay, you're the God of the last minute, so I will just wait for you to tell me what you want me to talk about. And one day, I happened to be doing a very unchristian thing of scrolling through Instagram, you know, nothing spiritual in that. And I came across this lady who gave a very short message um, that I just loved. It just jumped out to me. And one of the things that she spoke about was Moses and the staff, the shepherd's staff in his hand and how God uses whatever it is we have in our hand. And so I thought, you know, that's a good, good thing to speak on. I'm going to go down that track. But um, that's where I started, but that's not where I ended. So... <laughs> Let's see where God has taken me. We are going to stick with Moses, though. So we are going to um, talk about when God calls. And we're going to read a lot of scripture. So if you've got your Bibles, please open them up to Exodus chapter 3. And we will work our way through into Exodus chapter 4, the beginning of chapter 4. So to start with, it's uh, chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. One day... Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. 
It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevitites, oops, I said that one wrong, we'll just pass over that, <laughs> and Jebusites now live. Look, the Lord of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. If you were Moses, what do you think your response would be if this is what God had called you to do? Would you have jumped on board God's plans? If God had appeared to you like that in a burning bush, there'd be no question of what God has asked you to do. You wouldn't have to go, well, let me just test to see if that message was from God. It clearly was a message from God. What do we know about Moses? Well, we know that Moses had compassion for the Israelites. Moses grew up seeing the contrast between living in Pharaoh's house or palace to how the Israelites lived around him. He had seen with his own eyes how harshly the Israelites were treated by the Egyptians. Moses had even previously killed an Egyptian that had been beating a Hebrew slave. Moses was not a wimp. He was a passionate man. And God was asking Moses to do something that he was passionate about. Moses was a Hebrew himself. He empathised with the Hebrews. So when the God of his ancestors called him to rescue his fellow Hebrews, I would expect that it would be something that Moses was very keen to do. So let's read on now. Exodus chapter 3 verses 11 to 12. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to, bear, to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. So God reassures Moses by telling him that he himself was going to be with Moses. God assures Moses by telling him that this mission is going to be successful. That God was going to make it work. That the Hebrews would be released from slavery. And that the very place that Moses was now standing talking to God was going to be the same place that he would worship God with the rescued Hebrew people. Okay, let's read on and see what happens next. So from verses 13 to 18. But Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and ask them, tell them that the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Now go and call together all the elders of Israel. Tell them, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob has appeared to me. He has told me, I've been watching closely and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. 
I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites now live. The elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. So God lays out the plan for Moses. First, God calls him. He sends him. He's given Moses the authority to do this. Moses is told to go and tell the leaders of the, the leaders of Israel the good news that they're going to be rescued from slavery. How cool that God sees their mistreatment, that he's going to rescue them from slavery. God is going to lead the Hebrews to the spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the fulfillment of the promise that God gave to Abraham long ago. Moses, sorry, God tells Moses that the Israelites will accept his message. There's no exception. And the Israelite leaders, they were going to go with Moses to Pharaoh. That's the easy part. Moses won't be alone. God is going to be with him. And the leaders of the Israelites are also going to be with him. Now, for the hard part. We're reading from Exodus chapter 3, verses 19 to 20. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go. So God explains that the king of Egypt will not let the slaves go easily unless the mighty hand of God forces him. This is going to be hard. This is beyond what Moses is capable of. But it's okay because God will do the hard part. God will do the work needed to release the slaves. Once God has performed the miracles and struck the Egyptians, the king of Egypt will let the Hebrew slaves go. Now the Hebrews, they had lived in Egypt for more than 400 years and now was the time that God would release them from slavery. But that's not all. Now listen to this for the cherry on top. So we're reading from Exodus chapter 3, verses 21 to 22. And I will cause the Egyptians to look favourably on you. They will give you gifts. And when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver, gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbours and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. God is not just going to re release the Hebrews from slavery. He's going to strip the Egyptians from their wealth. The Egyptians will look favourably on the Hebrew people and they will freely give them their silver, gold, fine clothing, whatever the Hebrews ask for, the Egyptians will give them. So the Hebrews, they're going to leave slavery in fine clothing. They're going to have silver and gold, everything they need. God gives them wealth. He gives them clothing. He looks after all of their needs and more. I imagine Moses would be stoked. 
he gets to be the one that leads the people into freedom. Surely this is going to go down in the history books. This is a big thing. So let's continue reading from Exodus chapter 4 verse 1. But Moses protested again. What if they don't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? But instead, Moses isn't excited. Moses doubts God. However, God is full of grace. So he reveals more of the plan to Moses. So reading from Exodus chapter 4, verses 2 to 9. Then the Lord asked him, What is in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. A snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it by the tail and the snake turned back into a staff in Moses' hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak and when he took it out again, his hand was white as snow with a severe skin disease. Now put your hand back into your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put his hand back in and when he took it out again, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. The Lord said to Moses, If they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you, even after these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it on the dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn into blood on the ground. God has shown Moses what he would do. Moses did not only see God's miracles with his own eyes, he physically experienced them for himself. Moses threw the shepherd's staff down on the ground, as God requested, and then he grabbed the snake by the tail. This must have taken a lot of courage, as Moses' first reaction was to jump back when the staff had turned into a snake. But he trusted God, and he obeyed God. And he did grab the snake by the tail. How about the severe skin disease? That must have been terrifying. I imagine it would have freaked Moses out. How devastating would it be to see your hand has an incurable disease? But as quickly as his hand was diseased, the disease went and his hand was healed. In an instant, Moses obeyed God. So then give, God gives Moses extra instruction for another miracle, turning the Nile's river's water into blood on the ground. You know, just another miracle, just for good measure. Okay, reading from Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. 
God has just shown Moses some miraculous signs. Yet, Moses has come up with another excuse. God's pretty patient, hey? And Moses, well, he's just human, just like us. Instead of focusing on God's word, the plan that God had revealed to him, instead of believing God was about to do some amazing things and jump on board, he instead was focused on his own insecurities, his own weaknesses, and was looking for the negative. Now we'll read from Exodus chapter 4, verse 11. Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. So God reminds Moses once again that he's going to be with him and that he's going to give him the words. This is a no-brainer. This job that God was asking Moses to do was going to be a success, no question. This is God's very own plan and he was going to make it work and it would be amazing. So let's read the next verse from Exodus 4.13. But Moses again pleaded. Lord, please send anyone else. Moses has run out of excuses. He just doesn't want to do it. So continuing on from Exodus 4.14. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said. What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he is on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. And take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform miraculous signs I have shown you. God is angry with Moses. Now, this is one of my favourite parts. God doesn't sound angry to me. In God's anger, he gives Moses an out. He bends to Moses' objections. In God's anger, he shows compassion. He makes adjustments for Moses and allows his brother Aaron to join the mission as a spokesperson. This blows me out of the water. It isn't what I expected anger to look like. Where are the lightning bolts? And where's God's big stick to punish Moses? There are no lightning bolts or big sticks. Instead, God is compassionate and kind. We can experience God's compassion and kindness when we, just like Moses, don't take God at his word. We don't believe his word wholeheartedly. Or like Moses, when we focus on the negative or our own insecurities instead of the amazing, all-powerful God we get to know and worship. God had a plan and he would make it come to fruition. God had chosen Moses to have the privilege of this task. I don't think Moses saw it as a privilege. God did everything to make it a success. This 
mission was reliant on God's power. God had seen the oppression of the people in Egypt. He was compassionate. He had come down to rescue his people. God chose Moses to save his people. Moses was a Hebrew and he felt for the Hebrews. He saw their oppression. This job was a perfect fit for Moses. This was God's mission, God's plan. God had chosen Moses to be the spokesman and God would be with Moses. The elders of Israel, they were going to accept the message from Moses. They were going to join Moses going to see the Pharaoh. The king of Egypt wasn't going to be easily persuaded, but God would intervene. God would raise his mighty hand and strike the Egyptians. God would cause Pharaoh to release the Hebrew slaves. God would cause the heap sorry, God would cause the Egyptians to look favourably on the Israelites and give them gifts of silver, gold, fine clothing. It is God who creates people. God decides who speaks and doesn't speak, who hears and does not hear, who sees and does not see. God would be with Moses as he spoke. God would instruct Moses in what to say. God then chose Aaron to go with Moses to speak for him. God always makes a way. Well, why not? He can do anything. He is all-powerful and trustworthy. God has got this. Everything is in his hands. The rescue of the Hebrews was going to be a success because God would make it work. In contrast, Moses was focused on excuses. Moses protested, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Again, Moses protests, The people will ask me, What is your name? What should I tell them? Again, Moses protests, What if they don't believe me? And then Moses pleads with the Lord, I'm not very good with words. I get tongue-tied. My words get tangled. And in the end, Moses pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. I wonder if we are any different to Moses. When God asks you to do something, what is your response? Are you like Moses? Are you focused on excuses? Is it to question yourself, to ask, who am I? I'm nobody. I'm not important. I'm not good enough. I have failed before. I will fail again. Or do you doubt yourself? What will I say? I don't know the answers. I'm not smart enough. I may muck up, say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. Do you focus on the negative? What if I fail? I'm scared this isn't going to work. I may look silly. People will judge me. I'll be rejected. Or do you doubt your abilities? Oh, I'm not good at that. I'm not enough. I'm not capable. I can't do that. I'm not comfortable doing that. Or do you just say, no. Please God, no. But God is not about excuses. 
but solutions. And God will make a way. So there's some lessons that we can learn from today's passage. So when you say, who am I? God says, you are my chosen one. When you say, what will I say? God says, I will give you the words. And when you say, what if I fail? God says, I will make it successful. And when you say, oh, I'm no good at that. God says, I have made you and I have given you everything you need. And when you say, please send someone else. God says, go. God will make a way. So God says, you are my chosen one. I will give you the words. I will make it a success. I have made you and I've given you everything you need. Now go. So when God next asks you to do something, what is your response going to be? When God calls, what will your answer be? Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.